Now, if you feel like you can never get on top of your back of house ops, you'll want to hear about our sponsor for this season, Loaded. Loaded's hospitality management software has changed the game for hospitality performance in New Zealand, and they've just arrived in Australia to help you do the same. Their everything-in-one-place platform helps you master your reporting inventory, simplify your recipe and menu management, reduce your cogs, and become an epic central hub that immediately puts you in control. I've seen Loaded's impact firsthand, and if you're running a bar, pub, restaurant or cafe, you need to reach out to their team. Check them out at loadedhub.com. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight talking, ethically minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now with today's show. Today, we are super excited to have Richard McLeod, the CEO of Loaded with us. Richard has been instrumental in creating a comprehensive software hub that's transforming the way the hospitality businesses operate. We're particularly grateful to have Loaded as a sponsor for our season of Pode this year as they enter into Australia in the coming months from a very successful platform in New Zealand. Hey, Richard. So good to have you on the show, man. Yeah, lovely to be here. Nice to see you, Sean. Mate, always good to see you in person. This is the second or third time we've caught up in person, I think, now, since you've yeah, come across the Melbourne. Yeah, it's a regular thing. It's good. Yeah. It's good. And it's nice to have friends over here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. From across the ditch. But, you know, it's fantastic to talk about how Load is going to come to is entering the Australian market. We're obviously going to talk about that in, in this podcast today. But first, as we start out, like... Could you share a bit more about, you know, your personal journey in the hospitality industry and how it came to be that the creation of Loaded actually started? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, 2004, at the age of 21, my business partner, James, and I, we were pretty average students at Otago <laughs> University, which is, is really the big student town in, in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And we sort of muddling along third and fourth year students and there was a pub there called the Captain Cook Tavern which is sort of one of the iconic student pubs in New Zealand. I've been there for 150 odd years at that stage and in our first year in university it had been really, it had been the place to be and it had been really well, yeah really well presented and they were doing a great job and then the the operator had actually sold to one of the major breweries in the country mm. and it had just kind of gone through that usual cycle of slipping into a bit of disarray and managers who weren't that interested in customers and we knew everyone wanted to be there but but basically they were just doing such a bad job that that no one was going and and it actually came up on the market and James and I had bought a student flat down there in the days when banks sort of did things they shouldn't have and <laughs> lent money to students and <laughs> right. and there was this little mini property boom just as we'd bought and so we were actually looking around for another flat to buy and saw this ad in the paper and probably had grand thoughts of being the men on campus <laughs> if we if we bought the biggest pub in town. So we went through this process and like we should never have been the guys that they sold it to but 
the, the brewery just wasn't set up to sell, you know, an establishment. And mm. so the process took a long time. It was really unprofessionally managed. And all the legitimate existing operators just got really frustrated with the brewery. So we basically, when people ask me, how did you get it? We, I say, well, we were kind of last man standing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Love it. like I kind of used like a marketing 101 lecturer to help me with the uh, the proposal to them. And uh, yeah, we, we got through there and they actually, well, they sold it to us, but they also lent us 85% of the purchase price. So wow. <laughs> it was kind of this deal. It's probably still the best deal I've ever done to date. <laughs> and, and we were 20 years old, you know, so... So, gosh, yeah, I then went from, so James and I had grown up ski racing together and he was still, I had an injury and was, it was finished and he was still kind of chasing an Olympic dream. So, Mm. and I was full time at uni and sort of one day, you know, was turning up to, to campus and the pub's literally right on the corner of campus. It's, it's on an Australian scale. It's, it's not huge, but it's, it's three big bars. It's over a thousand square meters. It's kind of. 30 staff and 12 security on a on a busy night so went from you know barely making it to an hour of university a day to <laughs> on and then may the first 2004 suddenly had 50 people working for me oh so wow it was a it was a shock for sure and and we weren't experienced like we'd we'd done casual bar jobs and casual cafe jobs and done, <laughs> done them fairly averagely so we, we weren't coming in with a distinguished reputation or parents who'd been in the game or anything like that so it was a it was a tour of duty I bet yeah so like when I mean looking back like it's almost 20 years ago now but it's like mm. this just super fun time in my life but also like the 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 main emotion is just stress. Yeah, <laughs> like dealing with that much drama, yeah, I'd imagine. It's just like <laughs> you got no idea what you're doing, and you've got mm. 50 staff that you're suddenly responsible for. And yeah, I mean, big student pubs, you've got liquor licensing that comes down on you strong, a very a university that uh, has a drink? lot of control. <laughs> yeah, well, the university oh, itself. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. That, um, that wants, yeah, that likes a lot of control over its campus and, and has sure. a certain way of liking things done and and then students who <laughs> want the opposite. So <laughs> and you're in the middle there trying to make a buck. So mm. yeah, it was it was super fun. But uh, we, we got in there and, you know, so three bars, it, it ran a big kind of pokies operation into TAB operation. And we, we had this big safe that was in the middle of the office. And I just remember like all the money just used to go in there at the end of the night. <laughs> and at the end of the week, the TAB would tell us what we owed them and the pokies would tell us what we owed them and then wow. we'd take whatever was left over to the bank and put it <laughs> in our own account and we were just like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so much cash. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then over time we, I mean, actually we made quite a success of it, but we managed to basically increase revenue by about 50% in that first year and... Really, students just came back. That piece wasn't wasn't too difficult. We weren't necessarily incredibly profitable because right. uh, we were super inefficient, but we then also started some late-night burger outlets. So anyone that's been to Queenstown, which is where we're originally from, may have come across Ferg Burger. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were sort of our inspiration that, <laughs> oh, surely if they can do it, we can do the same thing in Dunedin. So we opened a couple of late-night burger joints, well, all day, all day and night operations, and they... They kind of took off pretty quickly as well, and then we did a bar, which was more in the kind of commercial corporate area in Dunedin. 
and that was just just prior to the GFC. So right. life was good. <laughs> the money was rolling in, like, and we kind of always had that hospitality cash flow. So we actually thought we were we were going along pretty great, and mm-hmm. it wasn't until the GFC hit and. 2008 and we had four venues quite a lot of bank debt banks and breweries had these kind of young entrepreneurs that were opening outlets and seemingly kicking goals left right and center and couldn't Mm. do enough to give us money (laughs) and and then suddenly it was like oh revenue's not quite where it was last month and and life got a whole lot harder and it was really at that point that we really started to button in on actually systems and efficiency and really that became the genesis of loaded just we realised that we just didn't actually have control over our operations. They were all being run differently. They were inconsistent with how we were managing them. Mm. Uh, and if we needed to fix a problem, it was just like different how we were fixing it at each site and the way each manager was going about it. So, yeah, we just didn't feel in control of our own destiny or like we had the ability to really affect like a performance. We'd always kind of viewed it as a as a revenue game and mm. and. Really, that couldn't be for, further from the truth is what we know now. So my business partner, James, he, he'd he actually been studying information science. You know, the, really the credit for Loaded really sits with him because he just has one of those kind of mechanical brains where he needs to break everything down and work out a better way of doing it. Yep. So I was kind of just busy running operations, HR, marketing. We, we a, a third business partner joined us in the burger operations. He was running those. And uh, James is a workaholic who just spend hours building spreadsheets and, you know, small software programs and looking around the world trying to find us something that would work. And pretty quickly, you know, became apparent, like, everything out there was just far too complicated. And so he, yeah, we just hired a couple of developers and, and, and really started the process of building what has become loaded there was no intention to have something that would be built outside of a management system for ourselves but really, really that was the genesis of loaded yeah wow is, it, is that because you were hoping to sort of grow into more venues and obviously like with crisis becomes opportunity right like were you thinking around 2008 2009 where it was it was a lot harder to get cash as you were saying but you were still hoping to grow the brand however you're going to grow it into this hospitality brand and therefore you needed something like and management software to in order to grow Yeah, I think there, w- there was definitely some ambition there, right? But, like, actually the impending piece was fear. <laughs> fear of not being able to make next month's creditors' payroll or bank repayments. So sure. we were like, we just got to solve these problems and solve them fast. Mm. So, yeah, a bit of, but, like, we were highly ambitious leading into that. And, and once we got ourselves out the other side and kind of got the balance sheet back in order after... 2009, 2010, over the next few years, we grew to 12, 12 outlets around New Zealand. And so we certainly couldn't have done that without the control that, that kind of we'd developed and loaded. Sure. Yeah. So when did loaded become like a, a customer-facing product? What year was that? So it would have been around 2010. So yeah. it was pretty quick. Yeah, I think, well, that was, again, very accidental. We... At that stage, we had reporting, time and attendance management, budgeting, forecasting, reconciliation, but no inventory management in there. And a large group who I think, like more than anything, when growing up, we'd actually just (laughs) been to their outlets a lot and got to know them. Joe's Garage and Lone Star have about 50 outlets. Mm. And they approached us via a consultant that was working with both of us and asked if they might be able to utilise it because we were using a similar point of sale that we'd already done the integration for. 
And like it wasn't perfect when we rolled it out for them, but it was like surprising the feedback they gave about, oh, this is actually built for like the type of managers that we've got working at 11pm or 4am and Mm. they're actually digesting the information and it's not about having 200 reports, it's about having 10 things that actually mean something and being able to do that in real time and get that real time feedback, all the same reasons we'd build it for ourselves, was playing out to other people. So we we still didn't kind of think hey, the hospitality industry is going to come at this in its droves. So we just continued on a you know, very much a bootstrapped way with a couple of devs. One of our general managers from our bars moved into kind of supporting the product, but it was quite a low kind of monthly subscription fee and take it on a take it or leave it basis. Wow. And it kind of grew to four or 500 customers pretty organically like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How? I mean, hospitality people talk, don't they? Yeah, they do, with a good product. That's what we like about them. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's a a good question. It seems like a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But yeah, people moving around and saying, oh, have you tried Loaded? We've got another quite influential group in Auckland as they were... As they were building out in Auckland, utilised loaded, and and I think they were looked at by a lot of people in the industry for what they were doing at the time. And so any team that moved into other places from there would would introduce loaded, and yeah, I don't actually have a very good answer, but we kind of ended up there, and you know we were still very focused on the hospitality group. That was our that was our primary aim, and anything we were doing on loaded was about solving our own problems, making it more efficient making it more consistent, reducing the... As you get more outlets, there's this like real burden between the admin team, the finance team, head office, as you know, yep. and you start just having creating all these inefficiencies where there's back and forths going on mm. and trying to get information accurate, and by the time you've got it accurate, it's two weeks past and it's actually no value to anyone on site no one can remember two weeks ago on a Monday what happened at lunchtime you know <laughs> yes why have we got this variance it's like mm. oh, I don't know I'm thinking about this function we got tonight so yeah. leave me alone yes and so yeah we were just kind of relentlessly focused on trying to make those workflows simpler bringing in the the key pieces that were still sitting outside and spreadsheets and yeah as like once we bought the inventory in and we had inventory. So then you've got revenue, labour, cost of goods all in one place and not just the ability to monitor it but actually the tools to do something about it and mm. do the same way in each outlet. That's when we just had these crazy efficiency improvements like from when we were you know, two years prior or when we went into the GFC to two years later, it was kind of like a 12% reduction in labour and cost of goods. My um, God. So what we suddenly ended up with is... Like the sites that were performing well revenue-wise were just so much more profitable. Yeah. Then we'd always had this problem, which I think is still a problem for any group. Your poor performing sites that are losing money are just taking all the cream out of the group from the sites that are going great. So in those poor performing sites, we just bought the break-even down so hugely that we didn't have sites in the group that were just basically a cash drain mm. and uh, that just made life a lot less stressful <laughs> and you kind of you, you take some of those annoyances out of oh man we're having a great month here here and here but actually across the group that now looks pretty average when we take in side x that's awful yeah and so because you're not kind of panicking about that and so worried about it you, you do the good creative work that 
it's kind of the reason you love the hospitality <laughs> industry in the first place. Mm. You know, spending your days stuck in spreadsheets or trying to figure out if you're going to be able to pay creditors or hoping for a big weekend so you can make payroll next week, right? It's not conducive yep. to to creativity or coming up with coming up with the next thing in your business that's going to customers are going to love or be delighted by or surprised by. So mm. yeah, it felt very different running that group a few years later than it did when we first got started. When you look back, how, how beneficial was it that you had different types of venues and how that really built out the dev process in the first generation of Loaded? Because I imagine when you look back, like, that is gold. Like, you would yeah. have saved yourself yeah. so much time in development and talking with customers to then really build a product into the powerhouse it yeah, is today, actually, right? It's a really good point. I've never maybe really thought about it like that, but probably, I mean, we were... We just thought that anything we did venue-wise was going to be successful, right? But mm. actually our learnings all were that like once you go outside what you're good at, it, it only needs to be a few degrees and that's a, that's really hard. Yes. <laughs> so, but, but from a loaded point of view, yeah, we, were, we, were, we had QSRs, we had big pubs, we had bars and restaurants, you know, we were running big corporate functions in one part of the city and 21st birthdays with cut price drinks in another so and you know morning outlets and evening outlets and totally different styles so yeah it definitely meant we actually had a product that had the flexibility to work across them all sure Uh, and yeah I think I think that does play out now it doesn't really matter whether you jump on loaded with a cafe a bar a restaurant or a pub you're like oh this works with the workflow of my business this information I'm getting is actually what I need Mm. Just interrupting this podcast to let you know that Fine Food Australia returns this September, the 11th to the 14th to Sydney and will occupy the entire ICC Sydney. That's four levels of fine food. Fine food has been the leading trade event for all food, from retail to hospitality, manufacturing to bakery for nearly four decades. Visiting fine food will be the recipe to fast track your business for commercial success. Just a reminder that this event is free to attend, so make sure you register at finefoodaustralia.com.au. Now back to our podcast. The great thing about Loaded is obviously it does incorporate so many different important elements of running a hospitality venue successfully. Do you find that certain parts, pockets of the industry will use a certain part of the product first or fo- like one might focus on stock management control more one might focus on labor management control more or do you find they sort of go all in and take it all together yeah i don't necessarily think there's like pockets of the industry that focus on one thing or the other but yep. there's definitely generally primary frustrations that people come with that they're trying to solve first mm. which is pretty normal right like you always have your priorities the things that are just killing you <laughs> your major headaches and you're like I just want to deal with this this month and so you know that's where people will generally start and then over time they might be using separate time and attendance or have a separate way that they've been like doing their budgeting or cash ups and reconciliation and they'll just kind of over time are just naturally fairly migrates all all into one system Mm. Um, because the other thing we also discovered was we were kind of reporting in one place, we were running inventory in another, we, we were running kind of rostering in another, and when we'd have a general manager change or a head chef change or exec chef change, 
just took so long to get them up to speed. Um, mm. Just even the intimidation of like, I've got to log into four or five different pieces of software today is very different to, hey, I log in here and then I'm doing my rosters and timesheets here and oh, maybe I'll go and have a look at stock management. Sure. Uh, it's very different to, oh, there's this whole bit of software. I don't really have a user <laughs> name for that, I don't think, and I don't even really know how that works, so I'm just going to leave that over there. <laughs> well, that doesn't kind of solve your cost of goods issues, right? No, not at all. So, yep. uh, yeah, what we found is even with revenue exactly the same, new managers or new head chefs is almost a, always a drop in financial performance. So the faster you can get that back up to where it was, you can't do that overnight, but the faster you can get there, the better it is for your group, obviously. Mm, for sure. Yeah. Rich, a lot of the people who listen to this podcast I know have their own hospitality groups, but that be, you know, bigger format ones or, or smaller format ones. Like when you look back at, you know, your early days of opening hospitality groups, like what would you do differently? Yeah, it's a million dollar question, isn't it? Whether you could, I mean, I guess the... The thing I would, the thing I look back on, and I guess now I've got the benefit of kind of understanding how I could get control of the back of house and this and the efficiency piece, and mm -hmm. make sure that that was pretty consistently done. Mm -hmm. Any regrets I have is probably around whenever we dropped our standards around hiring, <laughs> so that would always just come back tenfold with problems in the future. And as soon as our hiring standards slip, then we had issues across across the group and managing that became a whole lot harder so mm. I would just be relentless on my hiring and that filter and training GMs, head chefs to also hold those standards and have the processes and always be well far ahead <laughs> so that they're not having to to make those hiring decisions that they know they're going to regret. Mm. And the one other thing I, I do think I've seen since I've been running a technology business, tech works on this concept of MVP. So you get a your basic product out. It normally has a few issues, but you're getting really good feedback from customers before you've gone and spent thousands of engineers' hours only to find out someone didn't actually want what you've built. You know, when I look at what we spend on hospitality venues to fit these things out, and then day one you, you know, you're down two, three, five, ten million dollars on a fit out, and you open the doors and you hope like hell customers are going to come right. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I have an idea bubbling away in my head of just like if you could do MVP, if you could start smaller with a lower budget, make sure you've got the make the right makeup in your DNA that customers are actually going to love and then you build that venue out to fully functioning over time, Yes. then like, I reckon it'd be a pretty fun way to go about it. Yeah, and I'd like to think that, that maybe, you know, when you have a venue that doesn't quite go to plan that I wouldn't take it personally and I wouldn't beat myself up and put myself under so much stress, but I kind of I kinda think that's probably a pipe dream, right? You, you're, you're opening a hospitality venue, you pour your heart and soul into it and... <laughs> Yeah, no one quite knows how vulnerable you are in that <laughs> first few months when you're sitting there just going, please like it. <laughs> did, did you find yourself getting, you, you and the team getting less stressed as you opened more venues or did you, because you knew the process a lot better of opening venues and taking over existing ones and those kind of things or did you, did you find it was still as stressful as you got on? I'd like to say yes and James, my business partner, like he took a lot of the, as time went on, he focused more and more on the openings of new venues and kind of the overseeing of the entire group. So mm. 
I think he got better and better and better at it. But at the times when we were kind of just all in doing it together, I would say no. <laughs> it's just really hard. I was actually saying to our, our head of go-to-market yesterday, who's who's done a, been involved in a lot of tech businesses, like opening a opening a restaurant is like starting a software company and on day one saying everything has to be perfect and no bugs, and like. <laughs> And you can't afford to say, oh, we're just going to have every third table booked tonight. Like, you've always overspent. Yeah. It's always taken you longer to get there. You're always wanting to pay back money to someone or <laughs> as soon as possible. Yeah. So you got this tension there of like, hey, we don't want to be making mistakes, but we also need revenue <laughs> and we need lots of it today. So. Mm. Like, I just take my hat off every time I see someone opening a new hospitality operation. I'm like, you've kind of worked a miracle. <laughs> like, yes, you know, it's not every an easy time thing. there is just yep. 10,000 little things that have to come together. But that's also why it's so such a special industry, right? Because when those clever, creative people put those things together, and you know, I put my hat on as a customer and I go in there, and you think, man, this is good, but you can't quite put your finger on why it's just so fabulous like mm. that's that's pretty special yeah so many so many little things that culminated in that special moment right that's the great thing about hospitality yeah I mean, and that's my favorite hospitality experiences yeah, right because i guess we've been quite analytical with the way we've built hospitality outlets and mm. um quite system and process orientated and quite operationally focused but i i just admire so much when i go into an outlet and i'm like don't know quite why this is so great but it it just is and, mm. and as a customer i mean what a huge amount of value that gives to your life yep totally agree it sounds like you guys as you're building this brand were really focused on metrics and systems right i'm interested to hear how you thought about culture and team and how you developed that over the period of time yeah well it's definitely true like that was our I guess every group has the, the things that they're good at and there was lots of things we weren't good at but actually getting the information right and having the metrics right and being able to control that was, you know, our our thing. And so, like, these things come at a cost, right? Like, when you're really focused on that, you're not necessarily as customer-focused or as team-focused. Like, I would like to think we were relentless with that but the, but the reality is there'd be some groups that, that spend more time on that, talk about that more, do more things for their team, do more things for their customers. So, mm. yeah, really any outlets that I look at that where the culture was great or where we had periods where I felt like this is exactly where we want to be, it's because we'd got that hiring right. Mm. Uh, and the big thing for me that I always tried to drive home with the team was like, we're just looking for people who really care. So those it was kind of called the giver factor yes uh, and and I, like that's still what I hire for today right like w when you're sitting across the table from someone having a coffee and you can see them lean in and talk <laughs> about an experience or how they've dealt with a customer or a job they've had mm. and you just know that they really care about outcomes about customers leaving having dealt with them and having a good experience or team members having been developed by them and ending up, ending up better off because of it. And that plays it out in lots of different ways in their lives, right? It might be in a sporting 
example where they've taken leadership positions or school where they've where they've done the same or they've taken on a whole lot of extracurricular things or that that care factor or that giver stuff factor mm. uh, like is always just what I'm trying to hunt out and and really that's where that's when I was heavily involved with the hospitality group that was what drove the culture I don't think we were other than hiring those people well trying to find those people who really cared we weren't doing a whole lot of work specifically around culture sure uh, but I found when we got it right on the hiring side everything else flowed pretty well mm. Did it also teach you patience in that time as well? Like actually having to be patient to wait for the right person who did lean in when you had that coffee with them, right? To make sure you're making the right culture decisions? Yeah, like my initial reaction when you said patience is like, no, nah, that hasn't improved. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, genuinely being able to say no. I mean, it's really hard in hospitality because you've got shifts that need filled, right? Mm-hmm. And and when those spots are sitting there open, that's stressful. And you know that's hard on the rest of the team. So I think what we get, got better at is always having hiring processes happening and recruitment processes happening and always being talking to people and always trying to find that next great person. Because sure. especially once you get to four groups, four sites and one centre, there's always going to be a spot coming up. Mm. So, yeah, we, we, we did get better over that at time. And I would say James, who still runs that hospitality group today, I've since sold out. But I, I know and hearing a lot of his conversations that he's well ahead of time on, on a lot of those things. And particularly in his kitchens, they just have constant recruitment happening, yeah. trying to find that next A player. It's a tough thing in our industry, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. But there's always something tough in hospitality, right? Isn't there? Like yes. and there always will be something tough in hospitality and yeah. like if you can find a way to kind of enjoy that <laughs> that kind of battle with it, like it's just where energy has to be poured is where is where the current difficult part of hospitality is. Yeah, totally agree. What's something you believe about running hospitality businesses that might be different from what others in the industry think? Yeah, I mean, it might not, it's probably not a surprise that, like, I believe in having as much time spent with your management team on how you manage your team and labour and how you manage that cost of goods as I, as you would on how you should be trying to increase revenue and how, how well you are driving the customer experience. And so I, I think generally, like, people we're talking to, like, 80% of their time is spent on revenue. Mm. and there's just so many things outside of your control on the revenue front whereas that labour and cost of goods management is basically you've got a lot more control over it and a lot more control of performing well there Mm. so we always used to call it having three legs on the stool rather than one yeah so I I, I think that's different I mean now I get to see thousands of hospitality operators and managers and I don't know that it's a a different view but one one thing that I've always done really differently is, is when I'm trying to find people and when I'm speaking with that next person that we're trying to hire is I've always had a view that like your early, the people that are key in your life and when you're really young uh, play out your perform as an adult and so no one disagrees, your parents have the biggest influence on you but I've, I've never seen anyone ask about people's parents in an interview situation and yep. so I still do that in every interview I take and like the information you find out about that and the diamonds that you find because 
you understand like some story of resilience or something mm. that somebody overcame to get to where they are today or something in a candidate's or a person's yeah family that just makes you think these people this person is going to have such a great kind of take on life they're going to have such a good value system like we'll teach them everything else they need to know yep and yeah i think that has helped us not overlook people that have then turned on to be you know some of our best it's mm. a great point i love it my last question to you rich is like you know you tell us about how you how you're landing in loaded into australia and and what kind of legacy that you're trying to leave in in the market for the hospitality industry now that you guys are in the australian market yeah i don't know if i've thought of it as so grand as a legacy but i, I probably come back to my point earlier like as a cup i put my customer hat on and go into a hospitality outlet and when it's been run by that team or the that person that just has the ability to bring a whole lot of things together beautifully like that is just such a great outcome for me. <laughs> I take away so much value from that other than what I'm paying for my meal or for my drink. And I just want those people to be far more successful for the hard work and the blood, sweat and tears that they pour into that. Yeah. And we know that when those people engage with us and, and, and utilise Loaded, that one, they turn out to be far more financially successful, but two, they actually get to focus on the stuff they love doing in hospitality the reason they got there in the first place and mm. I hate it when I see that that person that got into hospitality for all the right reasons but actually the stress of not meeting payroll or being able to pay creditors or having these crazy like bad sub financial surprises has just sucked the living life out of them <laughs> yes. and they're no longer producing the food that they used to the you go in and the outlet's just doesn't quite have that X factor that it did. The sandwich board doesn't have the funny one liner on it anymore, <laughs> you know? Like, yes. So, yeah, not really doing. Uh, I mean, the product will continue to, to, to evolve where it needs to go to make running hospitality simpler and simpler and simpler. But as an overall strategy, it's really just replicating what we've we've already been doing with operators. And that's what the, uh, you know, I say to the team, we, we just want to take that success that we've had with the existing customers that have engaged with us and replicate that over and over again because there's a lot of people in the industry that, that need that, right? Mm. Um, and I think there's also a lot of people in the industry that have been led down a garden path by technology that sort of was going to be utopia and never was. Yep. And like I have to sit here pretty honestly and Loaded's not a utopia, you know, like you, you can put something on a website and, and make it look beautiful and it sounds like your whole life will be perfect <laughs> the moment you implement it. But yes. it'll be improved and your business will be improved And but you also have to engage in that process of improvement as well, right? And and, and it takes time to get there and it takes time for us to build the product that gets there. But yeah, so I would like to think we just genuinely can have an effect on the on the hospitality industry that means they're more financially the industry as a whole is more financially successful and people are doing getting to do a whole lot more of the work that they love mm. um so 
I agree. I, I think you're also being extremely humble. Like the one thing I love about Loaded and while we've, you know, known each other for uh, like close to a couple of years now actually. Yeah. And been so excited to see you guys finally launch in Australia is the fact that you're making the unsexy part of hospitality really pride and place really important, right? Like your product will keep venues trading because it gives people visibility in order to make decisions. Yeah, correct. And that's incredibly important. Like numbers do not lie. Yeah. So, you know, the technology that Loaded's brought together and and having so many different facets that talk to each other, like I think is just incredibly important. That's why we're so excited to partner with you on this season and and, and so excited to promote you guys. Like it's, it's a great product, so well done. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Absolutely. It's I think, yeah, you've you've definitely hit the nail on the head in, in terms of just trying to put that spotlight on on the areas that really matter, you mm. know. Uh, they're not necessarily the rocks you want to uncover, but they are the rocks that like once you do solve the problems that are under them, the rest of your hospo business gets back to being a whole lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of hospitality tech on the market, but when we look at hospitality tech we only don't just look at the tech, but the humans who sit behind that and the services that's behind that. And that's why we just loved, you know, what you and Poppy and Izzy and Sophie are doing as a team and the rest of the team. Like, they just, it's so good. Like, the after-sale service is awesome. So, well done. Yeah, I think there was there was a time there where people thought tech was just going to be click on a website and it would solve all your problems, right? And mm. and that was just never true. <laughs> and And then you get... You know the, the way tech's built out with the uh, large valuations and large capital raises that there's pressure and everything's focused on scalability. But yep. scaling really, really good people who know hospitality innately and intimately and understand the problems and have a genuine empathy for it mm. can only scale at a certain pace. Yes, that's um, right. And it should be at the pace at which you're succeeding in helping customers. So. Yeah, I think like we have ambitions around where, where we want to take Loaded and, and how we want to grow it, but it should be because we deserve to grow because the customers that are using it are being successful, right? Yep, love it. Rich, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and sponsoring this season with us. What's the best way that people can find out more about Loaded? Well, the, the easiest is to jump on to loadedhub.com and, and get in contact with us there. You can find me on mainly on LinkedIn and our head office is based in Queenstown, so which this time of year is a suburb of Australia. So, <laughs> super coming busy. out for a ski or popping over there in the summer, yeah, drop me a line and we'll, we'll head out for lunch. And uh, yeah, otherwise, the, yeah, the team is available via the website at any time for you. Perfect. As always, linked up in the show notes of this podcast, you should definitely check out what Loaded's doing here from their success in New Zealand into the Australian market. Richard McLeod, thanks so much. Thanks, Sean. Great to chat. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one. And as we said during that podcast, like Loaded is a game changer in the hospitality game. And some of you may not have heard of the product before because it's been kicking goals in New Zealand for such a long time. So it's well worth checking out. Please also share this podcast with your friends in the industry. It's how we can keep doing this podcast every single week for you to listen to. Until next time, stay well, everyone. Now, if you feel like you can never get on top of your back of house ops, you'll want to hear about our sponsor for this season, Loaded. 
Loaded's hospitality management software has changed the game for hospitality performance in New Zealand, and they've just arrived in Australia to help you do the same. Their everything-in-one-place platform helps you master your reporting inventory, simplify your recipe and menu management, reduce your cogs, and become an epic central hub that immediately puts you in control. I've seen Loaded's impact firsthand, and if you're running a bar, pub, restaurant or cafe, you need to reach out to their team. Check them out at loadedhub.com.